so look after a long week, um, late nights, afternoon sets in and you get sleepy. Look, I completely understand. I won't feel bad if you need to get up and go get coffee during whatever. Um, that is perfectly fine. Or if you need to just stand up and do jumping jacks a little bit, I'd rather you do that than sleep. So, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so um, no, I don't know what all I'm going to share this afternoon yet. Um, we're going to be going outside and burning the box, and I don't know, I'd ask David to kind of uh, be in charge of that part of it, so I'm looking forward to that and making statements to the enemy. Um, so if you have some things that need to go in the box, like Daniel said, that needs to be done in the next 20 minutes or so. Um, Michael, thanks so much. Are you here, Michael? Brubaker? No, I don't need him. I was just going to thank him for not giving me all the information I needed. Um, I had no idea tonight was going to be a formal dinner. And so I was over there today asking Daniel Troyer, and he's like, yeah, some people wear, like, suit coats and tie, and I'm like, awesome. I'll just get a, I don't know, Baylor twine or something and hang it from my neck, I guess. I don't know. So if you're all going to be dressed up and I'm not, it's not because I didn't want to. It's because I didn't come prepared to. I'm going to, by the way, this, I don't know, I, I just want to go ahead now and say uh, to all of you that, um, Again, just how much I've enjoyed it, how much I've appreciated and grown to love each of you. Some of you I have not gotten to know, haven't had a chance to talk to you, you know, one-on-one yet, but uh, I'll not be around for tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be, I don't know, I considered leaving late tonight, but it's about six-hour drive, and I'll I'll probably wait till tomorrow morning and strike out. Um, I kind of, I like all of you a lot, but I really like my family, my wife and my children. And we have family in from Colorado that's there in Georgia, so I I really need to get back. Um, So just since I won't be here tomorrow, I just want you all to know that I have just tremendously enjoyed and appreciated each of you. I love you all. Um, Yeah, it's been great. I know I'd said earlier that... um, that I enjoy humor and, you know, there was, I don't know, there was a few people that I heard, you know, cracking some jokes. Michael, now we can't even have a serious staff meeting upstairs without Michael saying, he's not in here, is he? I could, I may as well not pick on him then, whatever. What? (laughs) No, I love Michael, though. I tell you what, um, I would love those of you that that use social media, which I know there's at least one person here that doesn't, and good for you. Talk, yeah, I didn't know there were youth anymore that don't use social media. Um, I do. Um, I do a lot of sales through social media. I have a gazebo business, and so I do a lot of sales through that. But... I'm awful with names, and so whatever all you use, um, <laughs> I don't even know what else, I don't even know how to use some of them, but 
Today there's so many ways of staying connected. And so whatever you use, if you think about it and want to send me a friend's request, whatever, I'd love to be able to kind of keep up with you, whether that's through Instabook or Snapface or I don't care, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, I'd just love to be able to kind of stay connected and encourage each other. There was a young man one time that was about to go for the most important interview of his life, and so he was all excited about it. He was just about to walk out the door, and he thought of it. It's like, man, Dad's not here to, to help me with my tie. And he had never done a tie before, so he's all worried. So he runs out of the house on his way, and he's like, i got to get someone to help me with this tie. And he sees a, a crossing guard there, and he runs up and said, is there any way you can help me with this tie? And he said, sure, just lay down. I just just want you to lay down. So he looked around, and he saw a park bench. He lays on the park bench. He thought, this is weird. But after all, if he was going to get help putting his tie on, he wasn't going to question anything. So the guy helps him, puts his tie on, gets gets everything right. And he gets up, and he says, thanks, but I just wonder why I had to lay down to help me put my tie on. He said, well, in my former job, um, I learned to put ties on people while they were laying down. He said, well, what was your former job? He said, I ran a morgue. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, just a few little things to maybe wake us up. And Dad's last birthday, I handed him a 50, his 50th birthday card and just got tears in his eyes and said, son, one card would have been enough. The other night, my wife and I watched three movies back-to-back. I was sure glad I was the one facing the screen. Those of you that love chatting, do social media and all the little short way we just shorten everything up. So the difference in how we write now, the way we chat, is just simply I can't or just can't. If you're emailing, you say, I cannot. If you're writing an essay... Of 3,000 words, you would probably say, henceforth, I am, a- henceforth, I am unable to can. <laughs> but this, mo- this afternoon, um, just a few thoughts before we go out. I just want to, I just kind of want to end with um, just reminding us sometime that what our expectations are versus what heaven's realities are are so different sometimes. So I want to just real quick turn to um, John chapter 5 um, and look at an account. You know what, we're not, we're not even going to take time to, to turn to it. All right, so the account there is where the man had been laying by the pool for years waiting to be healed. And you know the account that once a year, I think it was, an angel came and stirred the water, and whoever made it into the water first received healing. And here's this man... Here's this lame man that's laying there, and he's waiting. But he's been there for years. It's been the same story. Every single time that the water was stirred, someone would beat him to the water. But this one day, this man walks up, and he says, Do you want to be healed? And what's the man's reply? He was speaking out of his expectation. He said, every time I try, every time the water is stirred, someone else beats me. You know what he was saying? 
It never has worked. And there's no way for it to work now. But what he probably didn't realize is that this was Jesus. This was a different man. There was someone different standing in front of him this time. There's no one to put me in the water. But see, today, the good news of the kingdom was standing right in front of him. Today was different. And Jesus just simply said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, take up your bed and walk. Some of you this afternoon need that. Your expectations are still not quite what God is wanting to do with you. We could go to Acts chapter 3. I would actually like to turn to that. Uh, Go to Acts chapter 3, verses 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. Now, you catch that? A man who was lame from birth, not a child. This was a man lame from birth. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up and At once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. Another man in the morning with expectation Another man just thought it was going to be just another day at the gate begging for money. Because after all, that's what had happened ever since he was a child anyway. All he could ever do is stand there and watch everybody else in, out, having fun, going about their business. And all he could do is sit there, beg for money. And he thought that was all that was going to happen that day. He probably thought, why would today be any different? But again, today, the good news of the kingdom had come. This, over this week, just in conversation with some of you, um, there's some of you that have told me that you've, you've, you've already received more than what you were expecting. That you were kind of, that you kind of came like, the man that was laying by the pool, or you kind of came like the guy that was there at the gate just begging for alms. But you already got more than what you were expecting. Some of you were like this lame man that was expecting the normal to happen. Some of you may still be kind of thinking that it's probably still going to be the normal, meaning you're going to go home and life is going to hit you. 
Yes, Chad, life. You can hear some? Life is going to hit you. Absolutely. Life is going to hit us. And we're expecting when that happens that we're just going to come off of this high we're on. I'm not saying life is always about mountaintops. It's not. But there's a complete difference in walking in our strength versus walking in surrender and being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have a comforter. We have a helper. We have a power inside of us that we didn't have before. And that comes through deeper surrender. And so for those of you that have went to a place of deeper surrender, Chad, I want you to know that as you go to a place of deeper surrender, there is going to be a power that you're going to have that you did not have before. It's not going to be about your strength. It is going to get tough. But Christ takes his life, his power, and places it inside of you. And he says, now this is not just for you, but it's to tell the lame man by the gate to get up and walk. It's to walk to that man by the pool and say, this may be all that's ever happened to you, but today is different because today is your day. Because today, Jesus has walked into the room. And that's what has happened for some of you here. And I'm super excited about that. I want, to, I want you to think about something else. I talked a little bit about the two men. But I want you to think about something else. This was the temple, right? He was laying at the temple gate. How many times do you think Peter and John had walked by him before? They probably walked by him all the time. And for whatever reason, there had never been, this had never happened before with him what I'm saying by that reason I'm bringing that out is because that's the importance of the Holy Spirit of listening to the Holy Spirit there's going to be situations that you're going to go back home to there's going to be situations that come up that just feels the same as it always has for you But all of a sudden, just like Peter and John, you may not be the one that's down there needing the help. All of a sudden, you're going to be the one. You're going to be the vessel that God is going to use. Even though day after day, Peter and John would walk right by him, money, money. But for whatever reason, today was his day. And I just want you to know, those of you that are surrendered, there are going to be times coming up. In this next year, there are going to be times the situation looks the same. And God's going to ask for a different response from you. Why? Because you're the vessel through surrender. You're the vessel that he's going to want to use to change the outcome of someone's life. Take that seriously. Take it very seriously. We pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Make that personal as you pray. Lord, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done in my realm of influence. Not waiting for someone else. Not waiting for the missionaries to change other countries. And No, in my realm of influence, Lord. 
Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in my realm of influence. This stuff isn't going to happen because you have a deeper, just because you have a deeper knowledge. That knowledge, that foundation is so important. But it's going to come through deeper surrender. It's time to bring Jesus and his kingdom into all of our situations, our everyday situations. It's time to walk in authority, yet humbly. Because after all, it's not our strength, it's his. In John 17, Jesus was praying for his disciples, and there was a few things he was praying for that. But at, on, down in his, on down in his prayer, he also said, but I don't just pray this for these alone, his disciples. I also pray for those that will believe on me through their word, through their testimony. Do any of you believe the Gospels? Do you, any of you believe the Gospels that, that were written by the apostles? I do. And Jesus, so that means that he was also praying for me. He was praying for you. And just a few things, a lot. John 17, read that sometime and know that Jesus, yes, he was praying for his disciples. But then he takes it and says, but I also pray this for those that are going to believe on me through, through, my, uh, through their word. He asked that they would be, he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. He prayed that they would be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you. He prayed that God would not take them out of the world, but rather that he would keep them from the world. So what does that look like? What does it look like to not be... So I grew up being... Not being of the world, just simply looked at, there's the world, so we can't be like that, we can't look like that, we can't do that. And so you just make sure that you're different from them. How does that work out trying to be salt? How does that work out trying to be the light? I mean, a candle is great, but if a candle never goes into a dark room, it's really not making a, a difference in the for the room. When Peter made the statement, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus said that, that I'm going to build my gate... I'm going to build my church on this rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I think Paul or someone mentioned that verse the other day. How many, how many of you ever grew up on a farm or with animals that needed to be kept in by a gate? How many of you have ever been chased by a gate? I wish I'd have thought about this when I was younger. I have never had a gate chase me. That gate was there for one purpose. And whatever was captive inside, it was meant to keep him right there. And he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What does that mean? Part of what it means, at least, is that there is somebody, there is something held captive, and it cannot keep the church from going through those gates, it cannot stop us from penetrating the darkness. I love that. I love that. And then you couple that with evil communications, corrupt good manner. What does that look like? And then how can I rub shoulders with the world? How, how, how am I supposed to go into that darkness and not be 
not be influenced by it. We love what he loves. We hate what God hates. We're filled with a new power. It's not our power anymore. We're all of a sudden seeing people through eyes of compassion. We're all of a sudden seeing people with love. But only through the Spirit of God being in us, being being filled with his Spirit. It's time for us as a church to go on the offensive. And quit just facing the world and backing away, being scared of the world. Because maybe they may rub on us a little bit. Let's take the ground back from the enemy. You who have completely surrendered this this afternoon while y'all are playing spike ball and down here, I was just up there. May have not known I was watching and just praying over you, but I was just, as the Lord was just giving me things, I was just putting them down here. But you who have completely surrendered will now walk with an authority that you didn't have before. We were talking about it today that uh, with someone, I forgot his name, it was the first time I met him, but he was here for lunch, and we were just talking about how that our generation... We weren't taught things like you've gotten this week. Um, I talked to a lot of people my age that we weren't. We weren't taught about the, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All we knew is he's probably someone that tells us when we do wrong. and I mean, we didn't know. So in those times that we seem too legalistic, Will you just have grace with us on that? We're learning. And not only are we having to learn along with you at times, we're having to unlearn as well. So we're, a lot of us are having to unlearn thought processes, the ways of just Yeah, of just how we process and realize, no, the Holy Spirit is so much more. God is not an angry God up there with a stick ready to beat us up when we make mistakes. And so we're trying to unlearn and learn and walk with you. So would you just have grace with, if you have church leaders that have hurt you from being legalistic and just have a bad taste in your mouth, would you just have grace with them we didn't realize that we could walk in heaven's authority we just thought there was different levels of authority such as you have the bishop and deacons and the rest of what you did is filled committees when it was your turn we didn't realize that spiritual gifts were for today we didn't know that our salvation didn't hinge on our perfection so here's what I'm asking would you be willing to have grace with those that have hurt you through legalism and would you be willing to come alongside and build off of what you have been given I believe that the the, the younger generation I believe that the youth that I mentor at home 
will be able to stand on my shoulders and reach heights that I've never reached. Why? Because I didn't know. I'm doing the best I can. But you, you are, you're at a young age, you're able to get this. And that, I, I love that. So don't allow those differences to bring division between the younger generation and the older generation. So to those of you that have been hurt by spiritual abuse, I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But don't let that, don't let that bitterness keep you from experiencing everything that God has for you today. I'm just going to do something a little different here. David, Paul, don't know your name, the one of the good cooks. <laughs> if you could come up. And uh, Sam, could you come up, please? I was wanting a little wisdom up here. That's why I didn't get Michael. He's still not in here, is he? Goodness. <laughs> All right. Um, let's just do this. Could you, could you four right here, could you come up as well? Spread, spread out a little bit. <clears throat> you, as, you as well. Yeah. If all of you could come up. And I'd like for, for you just to stand like between like one just stagger through there. And I just want us to get just a visual picture of something here. So here now, pardon me, we, we all, I think everybody here would love David, knows he has a heart, uh, a heart for the youth and that he's filled with the spirit and all of that. But just for, uh, just for the sake of, a, of an illustration, let's just say that Paul and David and Sam and Okay, let's just say that they're, they're men that have been raised like probably a lot of your parents have been and a lot of people in, your, in the churches that you grew up with and that there's tons of knowledge about Scripture, about what the Word of God says, maybe theology and all of that, but... We're never really taught that much about the Holy Spirit and the work of His life uh, in in your life and and what relationships should look like. Because you know, my dad, I saw, I saw at the same time my dad did, the first time that my grandfather ever gave his his wife my my dad's mom a hug. I was standing right there. I was in my teenage years, standing with Dad, <clears throat> and my granddad gave my grandmom a hug. First time she'd ever, that Dad had ever seen that. But they didn't know. It's just that's how they were raised. Well, but so let's say that here's here's this knowledge, and this wisdom, and and but but there's just not a lot of spiritual life there. And then we have a generation. That gets and say, that is not cool. Like, we want relationship and we want power. And, man, we got to make a difference and we want to be influencers. That's great. But then get so fired up about that. But what about those foundational truths? Even like Paul's been teaching this week. So now all of a sudden... 
it's time, something comes up, and it's time for the church to go to battle. And if there's ever been a time that the church needs to go to war, it's now. But now it's time for the church to go to war. But you see, Paul isn't as energetic anymore as he used to be. David, and I would include myself in that, we're not as energetic as we used to be. There's not all the, just the zeal, just the let's go get them, other than maybe Sam down there, I don't know. But... <laughs> But there's not, there's not just the drive there that it used to be. But then there are maybe financial blessings that we could offer that you couldn't. There's wisdom from life experiences that we've had that maybe you haven't. And so all of a sudden we take this energy and, man, let's just go get them. Let's just, let's go. And then you link arms and you link together and all at once you have wisdom speaking life and blessing into energy. You have someone that has had life experiences blessing and honoring someone that has the energy to go and arm in arm you march together. Wisdom alongside with energy. Wisdom And maybe even a little bit of what seems like legalism alongside with just Holy Spirit fire, just fill me, let's go. And I'm going to tell you, as much as some of these in the middle may have intentionally or unintentionally hurt your generation in the past, I'm going to tell you when these men, when this row is surrendered, the devil trembles seeing that. Much more than he would eight men up here all wrapped up in legalism or eight young guys up here with tons of fire but no foundation. Does that make sense? That's what we need. Thank you. You can, I'll go back. <clears throat> I want to I want to just close before we're about to go outside and burn the box. I want to close with this. There's a number of scriptures that God gave me, and I don't know of a better thing to speak over you and to leave with you and to pray over you than the Word of God. Now, there's just a little bit of it that I've tweaked a little bit kind of um, just to make it fit us right here. But I'd like for you just to all close your eyes. This is my prayer for you. For this reason, since I have gotten to know you this week, I will not stop praying for you. I'm praying that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you will have great endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. 
And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for the people. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. This is why, since I have gotten to know you this week and have seen your love for Christ and your desire to go deeper in your relationship with him, I will continue to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. And I would ask that you do that for me as well. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. I pray that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the length and width height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church and through your lives and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. But you dear friends As you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling, And to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy. To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority, both now and forever. Amen. We're going to move outside to do the... uh, 
to burn the box. <clears throat> I just want to, what the picture I want to get, there is nothing significant. Meaning, burning the box is not going to make your struggles go away. It's simply something that you're going to be able to look back on and say, here's where a commitment was made. Here is where I chose to take this stand. Here is where I surrendered this to God. I laid it at the foot of the cross. I acknowledged it that I had made agreements with Satan. And that's done. The enemy is not going to like that at all. Israel, whenever something, whenever God would do something big, they would always build an altar. And then they would even leave. They wouldn't even necessarily be there, but they would build an altar. And the reason was, is so, even for generations to come, there was something that they could point back to and say, this is where God parted the waters for us. This is where this happened. On and on. And this is our way today of simply building an altar that you can look back and say, this week is where a stake was driven in the ground saying, enough is enough. God bless you all. Um,